you've got to be able to, you know, make sure you feel comfortable in situations as much as you can and, and be as brave as you can. And, yeah. you know, say, I don't feel comfortable. Or I was going to say, you know, when I got older and, and had children, you know, realizing, hey, I, I really do want to give back to my community and be a part of it. But I want to kind of help frame what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, I'm tired of looking for love in the wrong places. I'm tired of looking for trust in the wrong spaces. So it's time for me to look in the mirror. See the reason why I don't see clear. Yeah. Easy thing to resort to is point the finger at you. Telling you that you the reason why I lose my truth. Telling you that you the reason why I lose my mind. But today that stops with me. I'm getting with smiles. All right, all right. Welcome back to Fit to Navigate. And on today's show, we have Anna Sanger, who is a very, very dear friend of mine. And it's all, our relationship and friendships all started back in 2001 when Anna became a client of mine. And this has grown from a true, true sisterhood. I mean, Anna has been there supporting me along the way in my journey, my fitness journey, but also in my personal journey recommending things like Landmark for me. And I had no idea what that was. But when I actually attended Landmark, it changed my life. And she was one of those people who told me early on that that would make a difference in my world. I have been with Anna since she has birthed her children. And let me tell you, this woman is strong. When I say birth children, without any pain medication, it blew my mind. I was like, wow. Anna has ran several marathons, including the New York Marathon, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I remember her telling me, like, Rocky, after I ran in those shoes, they went straight to the trash. I mean, <laughs> really. This is my sister from another mister, grown up in a diff very different uh, Midwest area. But she is definitely a friend, a true friend, and a sister to me. Welcome, Anna. Thank you so much, Rocky. It really is an honor to to be your friend and to to have you know been a part of your journey for the last twenty one years. And you know, right back at you in terms of the impact that you've had on my life, and um, not just physically, um, of course, but you know, you have just been such an amazing friend and mentor, and really um, kind of life coach, and uh, you know, helping guide me as many things have happened over the last 21 years. So thank you so much. Yeah. And I'm so happy to have you back in the States after being in Germany for five years. I mean, it just goes to tell you like how much that our relationship, no matter the distance that you, we have each other's back because when, um, a Sagadish came there in 2018, you had really never physically met her. But yeah, yes, you had, you read, met her before you left, but you housed her, you know, when she came to the Netherlands and came to Germany. And that right there was just like, wow, near and dear to me. And she had an opportunity to spend time with you alone. And just, it just goes to show you the type of person that you are. And I, I can't thank you enough for that as well. And My pleasure. And you know, I mean, that experience was fantastic and so wonderful to be able to share 
Segedash and and really fit to navigate in what you are well what we are all doing now yeah. um, with the students at the school there. That was just the most amazing serendipitous thing that happened while she was there. Um, it was that was a great experience. And speaking of fit to navigate, we can't tell you enough how happy, how grateful we are to have someone like you on our team at Fit to Navigate. I know from our history, like how much you are involved in making a positive social impact in everything you do, even including in the neighborhood that I live in now, the King Lincoln District. You were working very diligently um, with making sure that the neighbors and the neighborhood kept this history before you left. And um, I, I, at the time, I didn't live in the neighborhood, but you would just share the experiences. And me living here now, I often think back on some of the conversations that you had in making sure that we kept the history of this neighborhood. And I thank you for that as well. Anna, I'd like you to share a little bit more about your professional background and, and what you do and yeah, yeah, or what you have done in the past. It's such a big question because um, when I think about what I've done, it's sometimes maybe too many things. <laughs> but and there's there's the things that um, I've been paid for and trained to do, and the things that I do um, from my heart. And sometimes they're the same, and sometimes they haven't been. But, um, you know, I've been I've been really lucky um, to have, you know, been able to kind of create the, the path that I've taken um, to this point. Uh, you know, I, I uh, started out being very focused on um, health care and on health policy and making an impact there. I was really excited when I graduated from college in 1993. The Clintons had just been elected national health reform actually was proposed there was a very very big um document that i read from cover to cover um uh you know and we thought that national health care might happen then and uh i i worked you know tirelessly in the healthcare arena around philadelphia and the east coast working with hospitals and physicians and trying to help them navigate what national health reform might look like it didn't happen then that's okay mm-hmm. um you know, and then I, I went to business school, but focused on healthcare still. And, you know, you know, these stories, you've heard them many times, but, you know, worked at Pfizer during the Viagra launch in New York City. Um, you know, I, uh, I had some just wonderful experiences uh, with, with my um, MBA program. Um, and then moved to Columbus, um, which was sort of a left turn for me, not that it was left turn bad, but it wasn't the place where I had my job offers or um, where I thought I would go. But then, you know, I'd met Bob, who's now my husband, and I decided to go where he was going. So I really had to start from scratch when I moved to Columbus. You know, Columbus, as you know, is one of those cities where you really need to be from there. It's really who you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can apply to jobs. And yes, there are really major corporations there. But in order to kind of just get that start knowing knowing someone is really important. So I spent um, a few months just networking with alumni from my university and, you know, people would refer me to people and I would take so many people out to 
coffee, lunch, whatever it was that that they were open to to doing. And it wasn't just about, can you give me a job? It was, can you help me understand this new place that I moved to? Absolutely. Help me understand, you know, what, what, what would be the best direction for me based on, you know, what I'm thinking about. And, you know, I, I took the time. It was, it was tough because, you know, it was months without a job, but it was important. And I think it really helped establish for me a base of, you know, sort of people who supported me in Columbus, which was important. Um, I worked at Drug Emporium, which was um, doesn't exist anymore um, because they made the best online pharmacy um, that existed in the late 90s and used all the money <laughs> that they had for that website. And then the company went bankrupt. Wow. I, I worked on the bankruptcy business planning for that company before people knew it was going bankrupt. And that was probably one of the most difficult times in my life. Um, I had ulcers, um, knowing that I was going to have to let people know that their jobs were ending in a week or whatever it might be, you know, and I heard people talking about vacations and things they were going to do. And I knew that in a month they wouldn't be employed anymore and I couldn't say anything. And that was a really tough role. Yeah. Really tough role. But I learned a lot about, you know, the whole sort of life cycle of a business for sure. Yeah, I mean, it looks sounds like Drug Emporium was definitely ahead of their time with online businesses because now you you can order prescriptions and all kinds of things online, you know? Yeah. And to be a part of that um, in the early 90s, wow. Well, late 90s, late 90s. Late um, 90s, okay, late yeah. 90s. Yeah. yeah, I mean, also just you saying you had to come here, which I didn't know about Columbus, and that's what one of our core values is relationships are your currency, right? building relationships and knowing who you know. And like you said, it's not just like, Hey, give me a job, but just really learning your environment. And I think you do, you did that very well. well. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, and after I I knew I wasn't going to have a job, I I knew when I wasn't going to have a job. (laughs) Um, And so um, this opportunity came to me in January um, of 2001 said, well, um, if you're interested, there's a group of alumni from my business school and also some current students. We're going to go to South Africa and help the Minister of Health for Cape Town. Wow. Um, are you interested? And I just didn't even think about it. I just said, yeah, I'm in. Because yeah. this was happening in August, and I knew by then I probably wouldn't have a job. And um, and then, you know, I called Bob and said, I'm going to South Africa in August. And he said, all right, let's go a little bit beforehand and, and do some traveling together as well. Um, but that was a great experience where we really kind of, I, I believe, well, in many ways, we elevated sort of that connection of people coming in to help, which can be, you know, as you and I've talked about several t- on several occasions, it can be a toxic experience because these people that come in to help, you know, they think that they're so great mm. and they maybe impart or dump whatever their knowledge or skills might be. And then they leave and the people who are left with everything maybe don't even know how to run it, operate it, fix it, continue it, whatever it might be. But what we did with this project, which was amazing, is really starting from, I believe, February, we started meeting with the team in Cape Town um, 
the the Minister of Health, the physicians at the clinics in the shanty towns um, in and around Cape Town, the nursing staff, all the you know administrative staff, and we actually developed a plan so that by the time we and we met continuously from February until we um, arrived in August, so that by the time we got there, we were so clear on what we were doing. Yeah. And we had three groups of people in terms of who was going to be there. Some people were going to work with the physicians and the nurses. My team was working more with um, understanding the cost and the the financial impact of caring for people with HIV, tuberculosis, hepatitis, those kinds of disease states. Um, and then there was another team that was going to work on trying to connect to these clinics and shanty towns um, via um, computers and um other um, IT infrastructure. Um, and so it was a great experience. And what I'm most proud of from that experience is not that we came up with a really amazing model for the teams to use after we left, where they could plug in. If we were going to you know, care for 600 people with HIV, they could actually understand exactly how much it would cost to care for that person or all of those people for a year. They actually used our model and replicated it for other countries to ask for um, funding from uh, World Health Organizations. Mm. And um, that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that really um, makes my heart feel good, not just makes, you know, makes my sort of daily living, daily grind, you know, let me earn a salary. Right, right. So um, I mean, just goes to show you that your work that you do is very important to uh, you. It is, it is, and you know, and, and then I worked for um, five years in um, in at Abbott Nutrition. Um, worked on products for people with diabetes, people who are older, people. Who, um, I also worked on sports nutrition. Um, uh, yeah, I had this. You know, uh, one of my last years before I had. Uh, my first daughter. I mean, I was working on Ensure um, for people who are older, and then also EAS, the sports nutrition brand. Yeah. So I was flying all over the country, honestly, actually all over the world. Yeah. And and talking to so many different people, from you know, people who lift weights constantly and you know chug protein powder, to yeah. people who have trouble maybe walking across the room. Yeah. It was a really good experience, and I know you and I shared shared that. Um, experience a lot together yes. um, and uh, yeah so once I had once I had my um, first daughter I decided to take a year off of work and then really realized that you know I I couldn't go back to a job where I was traveling 75% of the time when my husband also had a job where he was working 80 to 100 hours a week then I felt like okay why do we have a child if neither one of us is going to see her um, so uh, I started to look at other ways that I could contribute um, and, uh, but, you know, do that as a mom. Now, you know better than anyone that I took, um, took Lila everywhere, right? That leads into our next question on how you balance, you know, your career and raising two amazing, beautiful kids. And, you know, I mean, I, I often brag that, these kids have more passport stamps than anyone I know as an adult. I mean, <laughs> they, they, they received a lot of their education from, from your, from your world travels. And 
I hope so. We, we sometimes wonder, but we hope so. <laughs> how, I mean, how, how is it, you know, balancing a career and raising well, as I said, I mean, I, I, I was lucky in that I was able, once I had children, to sort of pause and redirect my career, Okay. Um, which I know not everyone is able to do. Okay. Um, but I also, growing up, I was the only child and the only grandchild until I um, was the only child until I was 14, but I was the only grandchild until around 10, 11. And so I just was always around whatever was happening in our family, you mm-hmm. know, whether it was with my mom or my grandmother or my aunts or uncles or whatever. And so it just seemed natural for me as well. If I had a meeting, um, you know, uh, for the King Lincoln District or for, um, you know, the Childhood League Center or whatever it was I was doing, I just brought my children because mm-hmm. why not? And, uh, you know, not letting that stop me, not letting that not telling myself, oh, I can't do anything because I've got to stay home with my children. That was one thing. The other thing that I did do pretty early on is I decided to carve out time for myself. I had someone come and hang out with my kiddos three hours, two times a week. It doesn't seem like a lot of time, but it was so important for me to just have three hours, two times a week where I could, yeah, come to see you. I could run an errand. I could have a meeting that maybe I didn't um, you know, want to bring a, a, a baby or a kid to, um, but, you know, kind of understanding that that was really important and something I needed as well. Um, and again, like I said, I, I realized, you know, how fortunate I am because not everyone's able to do that. Um, or has the courage to do it. I mean, I mean, or has the courage to do it. It feels like that, you know, I, I remember, um, when I was reading Michelle Obama's book, she just basically was like, you know, I just had my child, which I wanted dearly, and but I I needed to go back to work, and I didn't have anyone to inter, you know to babysit my child while I interviewed. So I just thought I'm going to bring my child to my interview and say, "Hey, this is my first job," <laughs> you know, yeah. being a mom. And you know, more women are are saying you know that now, but I don't think that women had the courage back earlier on to to say, "Hey, you know, I have kids," you know. Yeah. Right. Like you, you felt like I remember, um, you reminded me of a a story and, and a segue to something else I was just going to say. Um, but I think the other thing that's really important is to, as difficult as it might be to, to be as true to yourself as you possibly can. Now I'm not all the time and no one can be all the time because things come up. Yeah. But you know, I was in a meeting when I very first started working when I was, you know, 22, 23, actually it was right before I went to business school. So at that point I was 26 and they were looking for someone to replace me. Um, before I went to business school, we interviewed some candidates. Um, of course I worked in this really small consulting firm where I was the only woman other than the, um, office manager. So it was all men and me. And, and I was fine with that. That wasn't the problem. And I was pretty good at telling them, you know, what I felt and thought. And so we were having this meeting about the candidates. And there was a woman who I thought was really qualified, really great. And they said, oh, we're in this meeting discussing her. And, and the um, the partner, the owner said, oh, but, you know, she just got married. What if she has a baby? And I said, excuse me, I'm walking out of this room. 
I'm not a party to this conversation. If you'd like to have a conversation about the person that we're talking about and her merits, I'm happy to join the conversation again, but otherwise I'm leaving the room. And I left the room. Wow. And they called me back in and they hired her. And you know what? She worked for a few years and then she went to business school. She didn't have a big, you know, but like, me feel good. Um, what makes me feel good is, hey, you know what? What does the school need that um, might be really impactful? Can I help create um, a giving plan for the school? <laughs> or can I, you know, how can I actually use the tools that I have in my brain and my body to actually give back in a way that's meaningful as opposed to just checking the box that I did something. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's awesome. That's super powerful. And, you know, that just, you know, makes us even more grateful to have you on our team. And I wanted to talk more about, like, you know, you being our tactical navigator and <laughs> helping us and guiding us. Like, what was it that, you know, clicked for you that, you decided that you wanted to be part of Fit to Navigate? Well, that's a big question, but, you know, number one is you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. 100%. And, you know, also I, I, you know, have been um, not just recently, but in the last few years as well, you know, talking with both you and Asegadesh about some, ideas that you had related mm-hmm. to fit to navigate some initial grants. You know, we talked back and forth yeah, sometimes when I was in, when I was in Germany and it just, it seemed like it's, it, it is such a powerful way to make a difference in the community that um, it, and it's such a great expression of you and um, your love for your community that it, it's a no-brainer. I mean, why wouldn't I want to be on that team and, and uh, be a part of it? Thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, um, again, we're so grateful to have you and use all your dream, your brain trust um, <laughs> in helping us navigate this this thing that sometimes seems very big. And for the longest time, it was just uh, a Sagadich and I, but just to have you on, just we feel I feel like we got a whole basketball team right now. And I'm referring to basketball because I love basketball, okay? I know you <laughs> Because I love basketball. But yes, I definitely feel like there's so much more that we can do. And, you know, we've shared our vision on what we want to do and um, and where we want to take that. And you've just inserted yourself and said, let's go with it, right? Um, which has been pretty amazing. And having that extra energy there to continue this this kind of like whirlwind and give us extra wings has, has been so um just so empowering, I want I want to tell you. It's just been really super empowering. Just to have a vision of something and to start to see it coming to fruition because other people believe in you, especially mm-hmm. someone with your world uh, traveling and, and, and your knowledge and, and then your background of being a business strategist and sharing that with us. is just um, super heartfelt and, and, and very important to us. Um, if you could, 
just kind of share um, a vision that you think that, you know, fit to navigate could achieve or you, where do you see us? You being our tactical navigator <laughs> and helping us. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, first of all, what you said is true. You know, the possibility for fit to navigate is, is large. The, the possibility of what it, it can do and achieve and reach and touch is very large and it can be daunting. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and if we take it just one step at a time and one event and one grant and one connection at a time, Mm -hmm. the pieces of that sort of not puzzle, it's not a puzzle that pieces of that sort of supportive structure that framework, that building that we're building really start to come into place. And so I really do believe um, that for sure in Ohio, but really beyond Ohio, um, you know, to the United States. Mm. And I don't want to say the world only because that is so politically charged, but yeah. there, is, there is a possibility to really have an impact on the world. Um, but there are also really great um, examples of how incarceration, um, you know, um, restorative justice and um, really finding that next thing that isn't just doing what you've always done that gets you into a, a place that isn't supportive. There, there are examples of how that can work, you know, whether it's the Netherlands or um, um, I believe Denmark as well, but regardless. Also Hamburg, have- right there when you were in Germany, Hamburg yeah. is like one of those yeah. places that people often visit to see how well they do reform. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think, I think that, that fit to navigate has the ability to be that light in the United States and really kind of, you know, not just start the conversation, the conversation's somewhat there in some places, but really just help that conversation grow and build and actually have a positive impact, um, you know, on the um, prison system and the restorative justice system in the United States. Uh, You know, so much of what I know you have seen when you're in the prison Mm -hmm. and, and uh, what you've seen with the women that you've worked with once they've come out of the prison as well, but so much of kind of their worldview or the possibilities that they see for themselves is shaped by their physical condition, their, you know, their mind, their, their emotional health. And, you know, the work that you're doing with them um, really just is, is transformational. Um, You know, recently, as you know, I read through the curriculum and I mean, it's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful curriculum. It is not just, here are the nine steps you need to take in order to become a personal trainer. It's who do you want to be and how can we support you along the way? And that is such a different conversation. So, I I mean, when I think about, you know, what is, what is the future for fit to navigate? I really believe that it can, it can be that um, catalyst for really creating positive change around, um, 
what does it mean to be a woman who's incarcerated? You know, as you, as you often say, it's that whole family. If the woman um, has a family, has children, has, you know, people who are supporting her, that whole family is then in jail. And, and there's such a different story when you think about it from the fact that there could be another possibility. Um, and, you know, it's just like, you know, uh, educating a woman has such a greater impact for a community just period. You know, educating a woman and giving her a possibility when she's been incarcerated has got to be equally, if not more, powerful and impactful. Mm, super powerful. And that was super powerful. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, even with the work that we, we are doing currently, we recognize that, you know, from just the impact that we've made there, that this work can be done in most disenfranchised communities. And how mm-hmm. much that total access to health and well-being is needed, you know, and being having that a self-care practice, how important that is. Right. Um, With that being said, you know, can you just share some of the things, I mean, that you do for self-care at the moment? I can. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to admit right from the start that I don't always do it right. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, I mean, number one, there's that is recognizing that that, you know, self-care is a wonderful practice and it, you can sometimes let yourself down, which I do from time It's a to practice time. though. It's a, it's practice, a practice, right? Yeah. It's a practice. But I do, um, you know, from really sort of start the day, very, very tactical things. You know, I drink two glasses of lemon water every morning. Mm-hmm. I drink one shot of apple cider vinegar mixed with water every morning. And these are things I do to support my body, to support mm-hmm. my immune health, to support sort of the start of my day. Right. Um, you know, I, uh, I have been over the last year, I, with the exception of some bad weather days, you know, I walk for at least a half an hour or run, but more mm-hmm. often I walk, I'll be honest, but walk for, you know, at least a half an hour every day um, with my dog because um, otherwise he'd be jealous. But, you know, and, and I use that time to think through things. Sometimes I use that time to catch up with someone, but I will sometimes play meditation, um, audio, uh, files while I'm walking as well, even though I'm not sitting down, um, you know, and breathing, I I just listen to it because it's a peaceful thing to do. I need to be free from me. Yeah. I'm gonna be free from me. Yeah. Um, you know, and observe nature and and what's and and what's happening around around um, around us um, here in Memphis. But um, the other thing is that I really try to challenge myself and, you know, whether it's um, uh, taking German still, (laughs) um, which is a challenge, especially when I don't speak it every day anymore. Right. Um, But it's a challenge for me to keep it up and to keep, you know, to ensure that my mind is still working and I'm not just kind of, um, I guess, you know, saying, oh, that's, that's enough. I don't need to know that anymore. 
Um, but also, you know, whether, or if it's, um, you know, doing a comedy class and having a comedy show, I mean, that was just complete fun, random challenge, but why not do different things? Why Mm. not, you know, why not experience different things? Um, you know, my grandmother, as you know, is an amazing influence in my life. And, um, I learned many things from her. Um, but the most important thing I learned from her is don't say no. Like, uh, you know, obviously if something's going to, if you're going to, if someone's going to hurt you or, you know, it's a right. But otherwise just say yes and try it out. Um, you know, growing up with her and spending so much time with her, she said yes to, to so many things. And she did so many things that, um, not only people in her neighborhood, she was a farmer's wife, not only people in her neighborhood didn't do, but like her peers, her, you know, to this day didn't do. Um, and, uh, she's just a great inspiration. Um, you know, not just for me, but for everyone in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but why, why not try it? What, what's the harm? Yeah. you um, you were doing the, the Shonda Rhimes year of yes, way before the book came out because <laughs> you were like, always telling me, why not Rocky? Why not? Why not try it out? Why not? Wow. Yeah. So that's where you got that from. It is where I got it from, you know? And I mean, yeah, we, we grew up with crazy things where my grandma would drink aloe juice and, you know, she, she, anyway, she did so many crazy things, but like, why not? And she traveled so much and, you know, why not learn? Why not explore? Why not have the adventure? Um, we can live by those words right now after something like a pandemic and it's like, you know, life has changed so much since, since the pandemic. And it's just like, why not get to living, get to living, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I read this, I think it was Les Brown that said so many dreams and things like that are in the cemetery because people never did what they wanted to do. Never yeah. took a chance, never said yes, never just tried it out. And uh, I know for sure that um, one of my things is I want to impact a million lives in a positive way before I leave this earth. And um, I feel like I think it, a million is too low. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I feel like, you know, fit to navigate is the vehicle to do that. And sometimes, like you said, it does for me, it feels daunting, but. It's not something that I, I'm not willing to take on and I'm ready to go roll up my sleeves and continue to do this work. Which leads me to this question. If there was something you could do, you could start all over, career-wise or whatever it may be, is there anything that you would do differently? Oh, that's a tough question. Um because I, I see how, you know, things in my life build upon each other. Right. So it's hard to say, you know, would I do things in a different way? Um, I mean, there are always those moments that you wish you could, uh, you know, do a do over on, but I think overall, um, there really isn't much that I, I would change. You know, I, I feel because of, you know, my um, sort of core value of try it, as well as, as you mentioned at the beginning, you know, not just my grandmother in terms of her encouraging, you know, just try it, but, you know, doing landmark education. I did that when I was 19 mm. 
and uh, when I was in university. And honestly, I think that was the best thing I could do because then it just empowered me even more to realize that anything is possible. Everything is a possibility. Yeah, they're all about you, endless possibilities. Yeah. And I remember, um, I, I will loop back to your question, but I remember there was a woman that I was in business school with. She was a nurse uh, and she was um, from China. And she would say, oh, I don't know what, what I'm going to do when we're done with business school. I feel like I can only do these three things because I'm a nurse and and I might move back to China at some point and da, da, da. And I said, what are you talking about? You can do anything you want to. I mean, why don't, why aren't you going to check out this consulting firm if that's what you're interested in or check out the, she said, I can't do that. What are you, no. And she actually got really angry with me. And then about three years after we graduated from business school, she sent me an email and she thanked me. And she said, I just want to thank you for challenging me to look at all the possibilities because oh. now I'm working for a consulting firm in China and I'm doing this, that, and the other thing. And I wouldn't have done it if you didn't challenge me on that day, even though I wasn't happy with you. Wow. And, and so do I think, is there something I would have done differently? I mean, there, there are some things where I, you know, tried, I tried it out, you know, um, and then it didn't work. And maybe I let, let it, let the opportunity go too quickly where I wish that I had stuck with it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, um, I don't know if I told you, but one time I, uh, I had a meeting with um, the George Soros foundation in New York city and I offered to work for them for free and they thought I was crazy. Wow. And um, they said, we, we don't need anyone with a business degree. And I was like, yes, you do. You do. I can do this, that, you know, I can build business plans. I can do, no, we don't need it. And, and I walked away from that. And I think, I wish I would have gone back. I wish I would have pursued that. Um, but anyway, that would have maybe kept me more in New York city and, and not, <laughs> you know, given me that opportunity to go to Columbus with Bob. Um, I think, I mean, I just, you know, I can always see where I could have pushed myself a little bit more. Um, but in the same token, I also feel like I, yeah, like I really have, you know, jumped in to quite mm -hmm. a few possibilities and opportunities. And um, it really isn't, I, I don't know that I, yeah, I don't think I would do anything differently. And, and being a part of the fit to navigate team now is, is just right. It's just perfect. And, Thank and I'm, you. I'm so um, excited about the, the future possibilities that we're creating together. Oh, thank you. Is there any advice that you would kind of give your younger self at this point? Huh. Uh, go to the library more. Okay. All right. All right. We'll take that. Y'all heard it. Just keep the libraries open. <laughs> um, yes, right. It's, it's one of the most peaceful places. That, um, and I didn't really look, I didn't really use it as a tool for studying until I met Bob and we're in business school and I would go there from time to time yeah. previously. Yeah, of course. But once I really learned how to use it, I find that it's actually one of the most peaceful and calming places, whether you have work to do there or not. It's it's just such a wonderful place to be. I totally agree with you with that. I mean, it's, I definitely wish I, as a child, I would have went to the library more, but I still go to the library today. I was just there last Friday and it is just that, a peaceful experience. And that mm -hmm. is the fact that it's free and all this knowledge is there and being just surrounded by you know, however you want to download information at this point is mm -hmm. a wonderful thing. Um, so yeah, 
I totally agree with, with that. Um, is there any key things that you would say that is needed to be successful in life? See, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I do a lot of planning, you know, my day to day and, and even further out, but I am not one of those people who believes that there are six things you need to follow or okay. whatever it might be, whether it's four, six, 10. I really think, I really think the best advice is to, you know, follow that heart and follow your heart and your gut. Mm. Because generally speaking, that's what I do. I'm not, I'm not, you know, weighing an opportunity against, you know, six things that I think are the keys to success. It's, does it feel good? Does it mm. feel right? Will that make me happy? Um, Those are, I mean, that's, that's fire right there because <laughs> nobody tells you to go by a feeling rarely. I mean, and I think that that's what's allowed me to be where I am today. It's just, even with the naysayers, just following the feel what felt good to me. Yeah, you've good. done an amazing job. Thank you. That that's I mean, I think it's important even for having young children that if their heart is in it and it feels good to them to go for it. I got truth to believe. Um, and you, like you said, it doesn't have to be six steps, seven steps, and all these things. None of that may even feel right for you. I need to be free from me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you I'm for that. I'm gonna be free from me. Yeah. Like what you hear? That's Renee Dion. It's Wave Goodbye. You can find her music at ReneeDion.com. The last question I have, which I ask everyone is, you know, what's your legacy? What, you know, what would you think or want to leave as your legacy, Anna? It's an interesting question. Um, you know, as you know, my, my grandmother, who was so important to me, recently passed away. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I, you know... I'm sorry. It's okay. Take your time. I don't know that there was a better legacy than what she left and the, and the love that everyone shared um, at her funeral. It was, it really was a celebration of her life. I mean, she was a month away from being 97 years old. Um, so she definitely had a lot of experiences and did a lot of great things, but this was, um, you know, a woman who at 90, nearly 97 had so many people that were there to express their love for her and the impact that she had on them. And, uh, I think that's pretty special mm-hmm. when, um, you know, when you get to that age that, that there are even a f- more than a few people there. Right. And, um, it, you know, it wasn't just the, the fact that she, if I could have a legacy like that, where people said how empowering I was and how I said, do what you want. And, and if it feels good and feels right, you should do it and just say yes. 
um, you know, to the fact that people were joking about how she loved to have a, you know, drink of brandy before she went to bed every night. Right. Um, but it was just, it was, it was the most amazing, um, fun and honoring experience um, in terms of, you know, being a part of her funeral and, and speaking at her funeral. And, and I think to myself, if I could leave that legacy, it doesn't have to be that I've, you know, um, cured a disease or eliminated hunger or, you know, uh-huh. there's no more incarceration. But if people say that they've, they feel empowered because of what I've done for them in their lives, like people said about my grandmother, that would be, that would be the most important thing for me. Mm. Yeah. You are doing exactly that. Continuing your grandmother's legacy. Thank you. I yes. hope so. You are. You are. I want to thank you for your time, the middle of the day on a Wednesday, and just sharing, sharing all your knowledge and just being a part of our organization that fits to navigate. Um, and yes, honoring your grandmother, who is now your ancestor and your grandma, I mean, your angel, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and continuing on with her legacy and and adopting it as your own is a beautiful thing. So thank you again, Anna. Um, And uh, we'll definitely have you back on here. (laughs) You know, just telling the world what the the big things that we're doing. Thank you, Rocky. You know, I'm, I'm so blessed and honored to be a part of the team. Thank you, Anna Sanger, for being on the podcast. Follow Anna's journey at Fit to Navigate, our tactical navigator, on Instagram and at LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. Asa Gerichir, co-founder of Fit to Navigate and this podcast, Mind Body Gym where we believe that if you get your mind right, your body follows and you become that G-E-M, living your purpose here on this earth. Speaking of purpose, the purpose of this podcast is to uplift the work that we do with our social enterprise, Fit to Navigate, a well-being program that sparks entrepreneurial spirit within all of us, focused here in Columbus, Ohio, to create a pathway to prosperity for communities impacted by the criminal justice system. Learn more about our social enterprise at fittonavigate.com. Support our social enterprise by checking out our merchandise line, The Love You Give, sponsoring a woman, or staying connected with our community by subscribing to our newsletter. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.